Snap Brady dropping, looking, Brady throws, caught ball, it's caught, touchdown Tampa Bay, Rashawn White, Rashawn White, touchdown Buccaneers, fire the cannons. Gillis Alexander on the run, four on one, down the lane to the rim, dumps himself, hammers home the biggest shot of the night. I call it is not built on a location, it's built on a destination. Now that was good, you're supposed to clap for that. <laughs> All right, that was good, you give some of my good stuff, we just... We just get started. I already went in the bag, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Hour three, T-Row in the morning show. Toby and Drake back with you. Porter Moser coming up live, bottom of the hour. Sooners in the ruse of Kansas City tonight in the LNC, 7 o'clock. Speaking of college basketball, Draker, the, you know, you can have your AP polls and your RPIs and all kinds of stuff, but the one that, supposedly the committee cares about is the net rankings. And those are out. First time this year, yesterday, the NCAA released the net rankings, which will be updated throughout the season. Uh, Where do you think Oklahoma is on the uh, net rankings? There are 300 and, let me see how many. See how many teams I got here. Let me go to the very bottom. We've got 363 teams in the net rankings. Sooners right now at six and two. Where do you? Where? Give me your guess. Uh, two losses already early in the year. I would say maybe somewhere in the 70s. 60s? 45. Okay. 45. Uh, OU. So where uh, I don't know if you found some of OU's opponents that they've played. I've got them this all. Year. Okay, so uh, yep. Sam Houston's the one I'm curious about. Number seven in the nation. Wow. Net ranking. Wow. Mm-hmm. Arkansas Pine Bluff two eighty four. UNC Wilmington one o two. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah, that's really good. South Alabama, 139. Nebraska, 60. Seton Hall, 119. Ole Miss, 63. Villanova, 165. Now, that's the one that's going to help you as the year goes along because right now that's a quad three loss. Yeah. But that's going to end up being a 
quad one or two game uh, by the end of the year. UMKC tonight's opponent, 238. So the second lowest ranked opponent on the net that they played so far next to Arkansas Pine Bluff. Cannot afford to lose this game at home tonight. There's the there's the drama. If you're saying who cares about UMKC, because you absolutely cannot afford to lose a game like this at home. It is an absolute killer. It does no good for you if you win it, but it absolutely is an anchor around your neck if you lose it. Arkansas on Saturday, number 21. Uh, Central Arkansas on December 17th, number 278. So that falls into that same category. And then Florida on December 20th, that Jumpman Invitational in Charlotte. Florida right now at number 68. And then we get into the Big 12, which is pretty much all Texas is 10, West Virginia is 11, Iowa State 26, Kansas 15, Baylor 31. They're all up there. Alabama, by the way, the SEC challenge opponent, number nine right now in the nation. So their strength of schedule, Oklahoma's strength of schedule is not going to be a problem. Because of the league they play in, and with some of the quality opponents they have in the non-con, their strength of schedule is going to be more than good enough. It's just a matter of them going and getting wins. I said yesterday, they need to be at nine wins when conference play starts on December 31st. Right now they're 6-2 and two, with four games to go before New Year's Eve. Kansas City tonight, Arkansas Saturday. Central Arkansas the next Saturday, Florida in Charlotte. They need to win three of those four games. Hey, win all four. Knock yourself out. But they need to go three and one. That would put them at nine and three going into conference play. And, uh, you know, you get as close to that 20-win mark as you can to make sure you get in the tournament. So that gives you a shot. You're still going to have to have a good conference season and a really tough conference. But if you could get to 9-3, and three, I think that's the goal for this month. And then you just go slug it out in the Big 12 for 18 games. And you got that Alabama game there in the middle of it, which will be in Norman. So. Got to win it tonight, Drake. You cannot afford to lose this game tonight against the Kangaroos. No, absolutely. Uh, the Roos, which uh, I have been told source close to the station has told me that there will be somebody affiliated with the station that will be cheering for the Roos yeah. tonight. So. Yeah, I know. I, I've heard about this. Yeah. I've had a spotter board request oh, for tonight. Ooh, ooh. Uh-huh. Wow. From somebody who may or may not be rooting for the Kangaroos. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, CBS has ranked all 41 bowl games. Uh, I'll just I'll hit the highlights here. I'm not going to go down the whole list for you. But I'll hit the Big 12 teams plus uh, number 41, the last-ranked bowl game. Drake, the the most, uh, according to CBS, uninteresting bowl game of the season. The first responders bowl between Memphis and Utah State on December 27th. On a side note, Drake, I received a call yesterday asking if I would be interested in calling the first responders bowl on December 27th. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, you know what that was, T. Row. 
What's they that? got that news of that ranking, and they said, "Hey, we got to do. What something. can we do to spice up we the, the ratings? Do something. <laughs> Who can we get to call this game to make it a little bit more appealing? I might be calling the least interesting game oh, of the man. college football bowl season. Man, and we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Baylor and Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl. That one ranks number thirty-one. The uh, OSU Wisconsin game." At 25, at 19, the Sugar Bowl, and I, I disagree with this. I think Alabama-Kansas State is a fascinating game. Yeah, I do too. 18, the Liberty Bowl, Kansas and Arkansas. 15, the Texas Bowl between Ole Miss and Texas Tech. Uh, 11, the Cheez-It Bowl. Number 11 out of 41, OU-Florida State. And the only, well, there's two Big 12 teams in front of them. They've got the Alamo Bowl, Texas and Washington at number nine, and then the Fiesta Bowl with TCU and Michigan at number two. One other game I want to point out here at number 14 is the Fenway Bowl. Uh, this one is way too low in my opinion. I put the Fenway Bowl in the top five because for a variety of reasons. One, the football field at Fenway Park looks amazing. Have you seen the I have, have not. Seen I have not seen any pictures of it. No. I, I think it's I'm just sure. drawings. I saw a drawing of how. So uh, let me ask you this: uh, Do they have the end zone going into the Green Monster, or is that no? Is it the opposite? Is it no, right it field other, that it goes into? Yeah, it goes the other way. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Um, both side, both benches will be on the same sideline. Uh, yeah, I remember is, you saying that last night opposite of the uh of the uh baseball press box uh okay here it is yeah so it goes let's see if i can send this to you so the green monster is right behind where the benches will be yeah I'm, are you looking I, I, at it I, yeah i put okay. up a picture here yeah just the football field inside Fenway Park looks awesome. Both benches, same sideline. That's abnormal. All that kind of stuff. But the game is between Louisville and Cincinnati. All right. Two schools separated by, like, five steps who automatically dislike each other because of geography. And now Scott Satterfield who was the Louisville head coach I'm has sure taken made up that name has taken the head coaching job at Cincinnati his former team and his new team will be playing each other in a bowl game where both teams are on the same sideline this will be fun no, Scott Satterfield, real name, real person. Sounds the like a new big Cincinnati name. head coach. You know, Luke Fickle left. He's at Wisconsin now. That's right. Scott keeping, Satterfield uh, went Jim from Leonard Louisville to Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be great fun. That's like one of the first games, too. December, like, 17th. Could you imagine how cool that would be to be doing a game at Fenway, though? No, no, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. I wish the Big 12. You know, or the SEC in the future had ties to either the Fenway game or the Yankee Stadium game. Um, you know that that would if the the year that you're disappointed and you finish way down the line, that would be kind of a cool consolation to get to play in 
a football game in one of those stadiums. Now, now the Big 12 is connected to the one out at Chase Field in Phoenix, but that's just not the same, right? You know, That'll be cool. That'll be cool, honestly. I was kind of guaranteed rate bowl. That would have been the cool aspect of that game, but yeah. Fenway Park, I mean, come on. No, I, I mean, I can't imagine that the, one of the things that you always kind of talk about when it comes to each stadium setting is where it is yard marker wise for the booth. I can't imagine that you would be anywhere aside from one of the end zones for from a baseball field. You think the football press box is in the baseball press box or the football radio booth is in the baseball radio booth? which yes. is in the end zone as yes. I'm looking at this? Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah, that would be tough. That's the way it's going to be when we go to Auburn, by the way. That's why I remember you telling me, yeah. Uh... Which, I mean, it's not like we – so in Auburn, is it like straight in the end zone or is it like Cowboys Stadium, AT&T and uh, Fort Worth to where it's in the end zone but still – Slightly angled towards the field. In the end zone. Ugh. So imagine that, okay, imagine Owen Field, right? Uh-huh. You know the word Oklahoma painted in the uh, end zone. That's right. Uh, Take the M in Oklahoma and go directly up and behind it. Oh, gosh. That's where the radio booth is. You are... You are watching the game from the end zone, Ugh. which in some aspects for like for Teddy will be great because yeah. when you're watching it from that angle, you Gets can see holes. Yeah. You can see. Yeah, it's the whole, yeah, it's exactly right. You can see holes opening up in the running game. There's a lot of things that are intriguing to watch from that aspect. But for my job, which is to know what yard line the ball's on, impossible. And the unfortunate thing is the there is a big screen giant video board there but it's on top of you it's not it'd be great <laughs> if it was it in the opposite end zone so you could kind of watch it uh, of course it is while the play is happening but it's not it's on top of you so you've got monitors in the booth with you which are delayed Ugh. i'm told anyway i'm called the game there yet but so you can't you're you know really use those it's just a nightmare but no it's first that's first world problems um you're probably right i bet if you're calling a game at fenway uh, it would be, it would be like that, but it'd kind of be worth it, right? I mean, yeah, we'd yeah. suck it up for one a- day. Absolutely. The booth, by the way, in Orlando, as I remember it, is a great yard line, really low to the field, and on the smallish side. Uh, but like everything, nothing wrong with it at all. Like it's, you know. Everything you could want as far as a, it's a great view. And, I mean, it's been a few years since we've been there, so maybe things have changed. Yeah. But, it looked like uh, it was around little... the 25-30 yard line, something Did like that. Did you find some pictures of it? Uh, that was me looking at the stadium layout. So, like, the ah. uh, from above, the bird's eye view to where it shows gotcha. you all the seating and stuff like that, press box. So Yeah, yeah, that's about right. That seems about right. All right, break time. Uh, quick segment. When we come back, we'll hit some of your text messages. And then we got Porter Moser coming up, bottom of the hour. OUKC in the LNC tonight. We'll be back. Some say it's TJ's fault, but the name of the show is the T Row in the Morning Show. So who's really to blame? You know? Final hour of the T Row in the Morning Show. Quick segment here. 
before T-Row gets to the head basketball coach, Porter Moser, next segment. It's our the T-Row in the morning show. Brought to you by the great people at RK Black. Give them a call at 405-943-9800. See how does the thing help your business with all the office technology solutions that they can offer you for your small and medium-sized business. 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com for more information. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, t Rope. This is unsustainable. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, text line is throwing a loading screen on me. What do you, I mean, let's try to guess the rest of that sentence. Are they talking about our show, our uh-huh. friendship, the transfer portal, uh-huh. the economy of the United States? What exactly are they talking about? Uh, it is says this is What's uns- your guess? unsustainable. College athletes need oh. to be allowed to unionize. Uh, so a CBI can be, can be signed and the sport has enforceable rules. All right. Uh, there's, one, there's one theory. Yeah. Geez, how much money uh, does he have for all these vacations uh, mm. from the nine one eight? A limitless amount. Yeah, it's 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 bottomless I, I, well. I don't ask uh, questions when it comes to that. I I don't want to know the answer. It's great that your family gets together. Yeah, it's great that you want to be together. That's right. I would imagine if they're like any family that there are some people that annoy each other. That's that's definitely um, true. You know, but it's great that your family gets together. And, I mean, wh- who am I to tell you what you should like? If Disney's your deal, then knock yourself out, man. Get the ears, wh- wear the T-shirts. It's a small world, you know, all that stuff. So go yeah. for it. There is definitely a dissent for me when it comes to writing It's a Small World altogether. I would prefer not. Well, and... I mean, you and I are disagreeing there because that's my favorite one. Oh, God. Because it's usually uh, any time, which is, I guess, like three that I've ever been to Disney. Uh, it's 143 degrees. Mm-hmm. And It's a Small World is an air-conditioned building. So that's, that's the song. one I like. That song is just an absolute earwig, though. Uh, Toby, you already know that Drake's family doesn't support OU. Drake already doesn't stand for coaches for the coaches show. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> That's a great text. Text of the day right there. That's right. Give that person a gift card somewhere, T- uh, Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be sure to be sure to send that to him. Sad, still living off of mom and dad, says with an exclamation point. Listen, when it comes to vacations, if I can get a free vacation, y'all are going to have to deal with it because it doesn't bother me. Do you ever say, hey, dad, let me chip in and help pay? Uh, <laughs> for <Nope>. the vacation <laughs> itself, no. Like there'll be a dinner that I'll offer to pay for. Hey, you know what? Um, Let me get this one, Dad. There'll be like a souvenir or something for one of my siblings that I'll cover that uh, Dad would normally cover. Stuff like that. Attaboy. But the entire Attaboy. the entire vacation, though, <laughs> no. Um, super uh, air comfort solutions text line. Ooh. Wow, that was a flashback in my mind there. Uh, Zach says, I wouldn't miss a game even for the birth of a child. Uh, well, mm-hmm. uh, pfft, uh, sorry. Thank, thank you, Zach. Yeah. That's the kind of fans we need around here. That's the kind of fan. you got to think out your pregnancies better than risking they come on a college football Saturday, Drake. Uh, text line, Kevin Tulsa has, oh, you ever played Florida State outside of Florida? Yeah, they played them in Norman at least once. Mm-hmm. Uh 
And OU yeah. has never lost. We, we beat to them Florida back State. to back. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2010, 2011. 2010 was in Norman. 2011 was in Tallahassee. That was the first year for you, correct? 2011 first road game I did play by play was the OU Florida State game in Tallahassee. Yeah. 2010, I was on the sidelines. Yeah. You guys still talk about that bus ride into the stadium and everything and how much of it just great atmosphere. They gave us the bird a lot. Yeah. Drake, it had a big impact on a lot of people. How often we got flipped off. It was an amazing atmosphere. They did the tomahawk chop starting uh, maybe 90 minutes before kickoff, and I felt like it went for the entirety of the night. Just constant. It was a pretty – it was a good football game. Not super exciting because there wasn't a lot of points. It was like 13-10 or something like that, the final, I think. That seems right. It was low scoring. But, uh, uh, you know, OU won it, and it was a big-time big time win at the time. Landry Jones, uh, I know some people disagree with this, that uh, he never did anything good at all, but that was a good win that night, OU got. They've uh, had a lot of success against Florida State. Yes. And they've had a lot of success in those big non-conference road games through the years. Absolutely. Another request on the text line wanting you to go ahead and uh, give the password and group name for the bull Pick'em again. Group name, Unhitch the Wagon. That's three separate words. Password, Sooners, with a capital S. And with that, we need to take a break. Because when we come back... Sooners head coach Porter Moser going to join us live. His team in action tonight in the LNC. We'll talk to the coach next. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. We got basketball tonight the Lloyd Noble Center. Been a while since the Sooners have been in town, folks. Come on out tonight, 7 o'clock. First ever matchup between Oklahoma and UMKC or Kansas City or whatever we're supposed to call them now. And we are joined live by the head coach of the Sooners, Porter Moser. Coach, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing one quick look back at uh, Villanova. Great basketball game. Did you come back from Philly feeling you know, good about your team and the fight that they had or just more frustrated that you didn't find a way to win? Of course, you, you, you know, that initial that night, you know, the fight back and everything, you're miserable. You know, you, you, you want to win. You're there to win. Um, and, you know, you, uh, you, you put yourself in a position to win. Um, you know, as you let those emotions settle, you know, there's, there's a lot of good takeaways from it. I mean, that we, it was a high, high-level atmosphere. Um, you were there, and uh, man, our guys came out from the jump. They had no fear, no it was seventeen thousand, and they didn't have. They just played, you know, really solid. We went through a drought offensively in the first half, bounced back, um, and you know, it, the, the takeaway is that the margin for error at like high level atmospheres and high level games is small. You know, there's it comes down to a lot of little things, you know, and uh, and and that's what it did. I thought Villanova's. You know, they're, they're, they're veteran guys that started the Final Four last year. Daniels and Dixon both made key plays in the last two, three minutes. I mean, the shot that, that Daniels hit, that three, you know, with Jalen was all over him, you know, was, was just a high-level shot. you got to give the kid credit. But, you know, you, you, you want to start stacking the games like that, but that was a, a high-level game. I mean, 
you know, that, um, for our guys to be in it. Like, um, but you're you're in it to win it, and uh, coming close is you know that's our standards are you know is not what we're going for. And what I loved is that's what the guys felt that that that, that the locker we went in there expecting to win, and uh, that's a sign that that's, that's going to really propel us because we're going to play. Our schedule is going to be one of the hardest in the country, and it, you're going to see that we're going to get a lot of games like that. Jalen Hill uh, took quite a shot. I think he's got a broken nose. Is he going to be able to play for you tonight? Yes, he's going to play. He's got a mask. Um, he hates the mask. <laughs> he said, Coach, if I don't like it, I'm going to throw it. I go, Jalen, come on, man. We just got to get used to it. <laughs> get used to it. But, uh, yeah, he broke his nose and a lot of swelling, a lot of discoloration around his eyes. And uh, he'll be, um, but he'll be available to play. You're eight games in, uh, just a handful or, or less to go before conference play starts. You're kind of seeing your team form here, take a formation as the season gets going. Is it is it coming together any differently than you anticipated early in the season? And, and that's a broad question, but maybe it's rotations, maybe it's minutes, maybe it's. Um, you know where guys are helping you on the court. Anything that you that you're surprised by how your team's coming together early in the season? Not surprised, but one of the things you 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 are trying to figure out is the rotations. You know we'd like to get. It's hard to get ten, but we're still trying to search and give guys opportunities to to own those minutes, to 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 take those minutes, and even if it's eight minutes, make it the best damn eight minutes. And because we're still trying to search, because. When you get down to it, that's why the NBA has assigned rotations. In the NBA, they know who's going in. Because in your mind, sometimes when you don't know, there's a little uncertainty. We want to get down to a rotation where we're set. And that might mean some guys don't get minutes. So we're still in that early stage trying to get down to maybe eight and get some guys in that uh, rotation playing better. You know, here's a great example. You know, Bijan had a concussion and he missed some of the exhibition stuff. And then he came back in the first couple of games. He was, he was later in the rotation, and he wasn't. But he just kept fighting. He just kept fighting and fighting and fighting, and he's really emerged as a guy that's, uh, that, that is, is done you know, really well, got a lot of confidence. There's a great, for any coach, I was going to send it out, but there's a great thing for coaches, parents, everything. And it's, this, it's an excerpt from Kobe Bryant sitting down with Nick Saban. And Kobe says, you know, my first couple of years, I didn't start. But I wanted to make it undeniable the reason why I was playing. I wanted to coach how I was executing on defense, executing on offense. I wanted to get better. And if that wasn't good enough, I had to get better from that. And he goes, I wanted to prove to my coaches that it was undeniable. You had to play me. You had to play me. And it's such a great message. And that's what you want for, for some guys to, to step up. And I thought Bijan has, has taken that approach. And he's how he's performed in the minutes, and then he gets more minutes and more minutes. So that has been really good. We need a couple more to get to that rotation to be like that because you have to be deep in this league. It's the number one league in the country again. You know, all 10 teams, they're all like in the top 40, 50. you got to be deep. you got to be deep. Sam Godwin's another guy that's giving you a lot of help off the bench. Just a dog when he gets in there, man. He's fighting for everything. Tell me about uh, how he found you or you found him. And then I'm guessing when he got on campus, I don't know, maybe you knew what you had, but was there a moment where you said, Dad, gummit, this guy's going to help us? 
Yes. So how it happened is just like every day, like it's going on in football right now. Everybody's got the portal app to see the portal. It's, it's you know, it's, so it's the same thing in basketball at, at that time. Like the portal, a guy jumps in the portal and you, you see it, you know, you check your, you know, the list. So we saw it and that he went in and, you know, when he was in high school, I was in Chicago. So I really didn't, I wasn't familiar. The only thing that we saw was, Hey, he's from Oklahoma he's in the transfer portal. He's six, nine. Um, and he averaged seven a game. So it wasn't stats that screamed at you, but then we dug a little deeper and then we saw that like in their high major games is when he did the best. Cause sometimes at that lower level, sometimes a six, nine guy might not, that the other team might be small and then defensively. And sometimes don't guys get as many minutes But when he played the high major teams, he always did well. And we just looked at him. And he said, he checks the block of toughness. We love that. He's athletic. He's athletic and tough. And the other thing is he was from Oklahoma. It just stuck out to me. Like he has this love for Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma. Like you can't put a price tag on that. So we, we brought him in. And, you know, we were practicing for Europe. And, you know, at that point you're still not uh, thinking that he's, he's good. But, and then he did what I just said. He made it undeniable that we got to put Sam in the game. The way he rebounds, the way he's tough and finishes, and the way he approaches everything. He made it undeniable. Like, he looked at our staff, like, we got to play Sam. He brings such a toughness and energy to it. And it's such a great lesson for guys that takes that approach because sometimes there's outside voices saying other things to you. And that's what Kobe says, too. And everybody, you know, Sam has great people around him. So does Bijan. But the, and the people that, they just said, you know what? I'm going to take care of be responsible for my own actions, my own play. And he just went after it. And he's really helped us. He's a guy that I think is a great um, part of our team and, and exemplifies everything I love, energy and toughness. You're getting production from him in the post. I feel like Tanner and Jalen have both, you know, added to their repertoire of moves in the post for you this year. Even Jacob is going down there and posting up some for you. Is this Ryan Humphrey influence, or uh, is your you feel like he's having a big impact on your post guys? Well, Ryan Ryan's been been a great addition, man. He, he, he's a and he is a post, and he can talk to those guys with it. I, I think one of the biggest things was the strength, you know, in the off season. You know, I think Bryce Dobbin and the staff, like um, Bryce, you know, Tanner and Jacob and Jalen, their bodies all are better from last year. Jalen has leaned up stronger. Um, and then Tanner and both of them gained weight. You know, Tanner played at 228, he's 242, and Jacob's gained weight, and both of them have that. And when you play Jacob, Jalen, and Tanner together, if they're switching one through five, last year Tanner really struggled. Well, this year he's strong enough to take him down in the post. And then one of the, you know, Jalen and Jacob are two t- taller guys. So between those three and Sam, we, we've, we've got a good inside game. You know, that, that, in college basketball, the game's moved away from that because there's not a lot of guys that can score down there. Everybody wants to play on the perimeter. But we got some guys that can, that can do some damage down there, and the percentages are through the roof. If you look at the post-up percentages from those four, I mean, Sam's shooting like one of the top of the country. He's over 70% making his shots. So doing some really good things with those four posting up. Nobody's posting up anymore in college basketball except for the point guards now, Coach. All the point guards are backing down in there. So true. Hey, so you got true. Kansas City tonight. Um, first ever matchup for OU with UMKC. Uh, what do we What do we need to know about the ruse? 
you're going to see a long athletic team. So Marvin Menzies is the coach. He's a former Rick Pitino. He was the head coach in New Mexico State. Um, his first year there, and with the transfer portal, he brought in a lot of guys, like a lot of teams. But they're really long. You're going to see they, they start position by position. They're almost bigger than us in a lot of uh, spots. They start nobody less than like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, in their starting lineup. Um, one of the best offensive rebounding teams. They're top 20 offensive rebounding. But we have faced, it seems like, a lot of good offensive rebounding teams, and we've done well. We've boxed out well. We've been fundamental boxing out. Um, we, won, we won the offensive rebound battle 12-1 to 1 against Villanova. And so we've, we've really been aggressive and boxed out. And we've got to do that tonight. They're going to try to muck up the game. And what I mean by that is they're going to press you and try to speed you up and then fall back into a zone and try to slow you up. Um, they're trying to make the game longer. They did it to Illinois, and uh, eventually they, they broke out. But they're going to try to make it a little ugly. We're ready to jump in and be aggressive against that zone. Got to knock down some shots against that zone. But we really got to box out. And then the last thing is they got two really good guards that can go one-on-one. They beat Toledo about a week ago, and a kid went off for 35, and we just can't let, it, let, let their guards, Mitchell, like that, go off for like a heaven monster night like that. 7 o'clock tonight, OU and KC. And Tulsa, don't forget, Saturday, it's the Sooners and Razorbacks at noon in the BOK Center. Coach, thank you very much. Good luck tonight. We'll see you at the arena here in a few hours. I got to say this. If any students listening or any parents out there that got students, tell them to get there early. I'm being down there an hour before the game passing out pizza in the student section. Last nice. chance for the students to get there before finals and their break. So come on, man. We need, we need you. I'll be passing out pizza to the students an hour before the game. Thanks, Coach. See you, man. See you, Coach. Drake, guess where I'm going to be an hour before the tip tonight? I don't know. Where's that? TJ, guess where I'm going to be an hour before tip tonight? Where's that? I'm going to be in the middle of the student section. (laughs) Pretending to be a student. (laughs) Free free pizza, man. Uh, Welcome back, TJ. How did it go? Uh, It went great. Went great. Did 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 we get what we were hoping to get? Um, everybody was just kind of given the same thing and recognized mm. for um, their excellence as a student. That there was uh, that no were surprise FBI inter, inter, you know, interaction or anything like no, that. No, no, all wonderful things say, to say. The teachers and... couldn't say enough about him. The Great. one teacher that nominated him had a little handwritten note for him with his award. So yeah, nice, mm-hmm. nice. All right, well, quick break. We'll wrap up the show with Chris Plank next. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by R.K. Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. It is time for The Crossover with Toby Rowland, T.J. Perry, and Chris Plank. Brought to you by Orthostat. Injuries aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Orthostat, convenient orthopedic care. Seven days a week, no appointment needed. Now, with the crossover, here's Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. How about that, huh? Mr. Big Voice now. We're spicing this segment up. Quickly, World Cup update brought to you by All-American Roofing. Croatia beat Japan in penalty kicks yesterday. Brazil Samba soccered all over South Korea 4-1. to The final two round of 16 games today. Spain and Morocco about to start. 
Christian Ronaldo in Portugal against Switzerland coming up later today. Chris Plank, good morning. How are you today? What's up, T-Row? How are you? Good. Good. I'm good. Good. Fun good. one tonight, it sounds like. Yeah. I remember. No, we, haven't been, we haven't called a game of the LNC for a couple of weeks, so it would be nice to be back home tonight. Pizza? If you get there early? Let's go. Thanks for asking about Sam Godwin. We're working on a piece uh, just kind of about his path in, in the magazines that we do, both the Boyd Street and the 19th Street. And, TJ, you can correct me if I am incorrect, but Godwin had actually been on the cover of the 19th Street magazine, I believe, whenever he was in At high Southmore? school. I think I heard them really? say that, yeah. Okay, yeah. And so we're kind of like cool. circling back around to go through his path and tell his story. So hoping to get Sam on the show later this week. We'll start dotting those I's and crossing those T's after a game Drake, tonight. Drake will appreciate this. So um, get on the bus after the win over Seton Hall. And usually Kevin and I are the last two on the bus, right? They're waiting for us to wrap up the show and race out there and everything. And this is the case. And then you don't know what seats are available. When you get on the bus, you're like, can I sit with you? Can you mind moving some stuff? I'll just stand. You know, it's that kind of I end up sitting next to Sam Godwin. And we don't know each other. I mean, we haven't talked or anything like that. And they just beat Seton Hall. Everybody's in a good mood. The, the bus is jovial. And they have a day off Saturday, remember? Because that's when that's I right. went to Lubbock. Did. And Sam is quiet, nice, meek, just a very polite guy. And he's asking around. He's like, anybody, are we going to Disney World tomorrow? Does anybody want to go to Disney World tomorrow? Do we have a few hours that I can go over to Disney World? We can't be this close to Disney World and not go to Disney World, guys. And he's desperately trying to find someone who will go to Disney World with him. And I think they're telling him, dude, we're not going to have time for Disney World. <laughs> Coach is going to have us in there, you know, practicing and walking through and all this kind of stuff. We're not like we're going to have half a day free tomorrow. He's like, oh, okay. No, <laughs> super nice kid. Not kid. I mean, he's a grown man. but he's I'm been excited. Hel- he's been helpful. I'm really excited to dig deeper into his story. Um, in fact, I-, I just looked at box scores and watched him a couple of games and I went to you because I, I felt like he was out there a lot. I felt like he was making a difference. And how did you describe it? Maybe one of the, the hidden gems, the diamonds in the rough for this team so far this year. So, yeah, I'm yeah, excited I to watch him continue to grow. You know, when you're talking about the transfer portal, uh, Sherfield was a big splash, and we're seeing why. He's been great. Bamasil was a splash. And Godwin kind of went in one ear and out the other because you're like, oh, that's just a sophomore kid. They're being nice to him. I mean, this is my thought. No, I mean, sure. I, a lot of people, sophomore kid, they're bringing him back. He's a walk-on. He'll just, he won't really play. He's just a nice big for Tanner to get to practice against, you know, because they lost, uh, they lost, oh, gosh, what was the guy's name last year? Uh, uh, the SMU uh was our big last year that came from SMU. Why am I blanking yeah. on this as well, too? I'll, I'll, I'll TJ! Look. He's right here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, you can't see me like, uh, with my his, eyes. His up eyes in are air. up. He's, he's, he's truly. Really good passer. He was a really good passer. Uh, anyway. Let's see. It's already on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I guarantee you that. Uh-huh. But anyway. So, anyway, I was like, well, that, that that's. And I think probably if a lot of Sooner fans felt the same. And then they went to. Uh, Vegas. Shagwa. Thank you, Ethan Shagwa. Yeah, thank you. They went to Vegas and played that secret scrimmage against Oregon that we can't talk about. Right. And came back, and I'm talking to Coach in his office, you know, a couple of days later, and he's like, dude, Godwin, like, I think he's going to help us. 
I don't think it's going to be just, you know, trash minutes at the end. I think, like, he might be in our rotation. I was like, really? And then they get out there the first couple of games of the year, and you're like, holy, you can't keep this guy off the floor. No. Like, he comes in, he rebounds, he can score, he's crafty around the rim, he plays 100 miles an hour, and, uh, yeah, he has been a really nice addition to this team. I like him. I like him. I'm I'm, I'm pumped to watch him play tonight. I think he's going to have a good night tonight. I'm also pumped to see this team play again, right? I haven't seen him since, what, the Friday night before before the uh, Tech game? Oh, they played on that Sunday, too, didn't they, in the championship game. So we had a chance to watch him on Sunday. But yeah. yeah. Right. Here we go. T-Row back in the LNC. What'd you uh, make of portal season opening up yesterday? Um, a lot of names. A lot of yeah, names. What, what was the – is there one or two out there, not, not OU related or otherwise, that, that wowed you? You know, it was weird. To, here's here's one that was weird to me, and I was going to pose it to you guys. We knew Spencer Sanders had a decision to make, and the the buzz had been that he was either going pro, uh, he was going to enter the transfer portal, but there really wasn't much that he was necessarily going to come back, I felt, over the last few weeks. Just that's me. And, and Oklahoma State fans might say, no, you're crazy. Everyone's been saying that. I don't know. But I wasn't shocked. When he ended up in the transfer portal, like floated out there for like I, you said a week and a half, two weeks, and yeah. and, and, I, and I guess it's just you. you and he talk, never was denying any exactly. Of it, so, yeah, maybe it's just that moment, Toby, where, where it's like think official. He's gonna, what's the level of school you think he lands? See, that's what I was going to ask you. I don't, I don't know, man. That's a great question. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, I no, could I see do too. I could see. I, I mean, am I too behind this guy? Like, I don't see him like trading up. Like, I think it'll be a. A lateral move. You don't see Notre Dame? I don't know. Do you? No. What's their quarterback situation? Their guy just went in the portal. <laughs> like their every starter? other yeah. They're like every other quarterback. They went in the portal yesterday. Half the ACC I mean, started quarterbacks. Are, his stats are impressive. Other than the turnovers, you look at his career stats and I can see why I mean maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to be disparaging toward him toward him. I just don't know exactly I'm how you. highly he's gonna be thought of out there. We'll get into that next hour. It could be really high. I don't know. I don't know. All right, Chris, I'll eagerly listen to your hey, show. Hey, KJ Kindler's in the house. We're back on Tuesdays Sweet. next. All right, very good. Thanks for listening today, folks. Pre-game tonight at 6.30. OUKC in the LNC. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.